Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hola, bienvenidos. Vanessa Codorniu aquí. Hello, everyone. Vanessa Codorniu is here. I am doing this episode just because I feel like I want to. We just released the one with Morgan Garza yesterday, this Labor Day, and received so great, such great feedback. And today I was like, I did my sessions and I felt un poquito como like, tengo que hacer algo. I feel like saying something. I feel like having a conversation. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? I felt so called to go beyond my hypnosis, my coaching, my readings today. Um, and I do have an acting class tonight, but I was like, okay, what's happening? And when I dared to go look to today's astrology, of course, la astrología de hoy, right? La astrología de hoy. I realized that this afternoon, on Tuesday, September 5th, la luna entró en Géminis, okay? The moon went into Gemini. Now I have a moon Gemini. And Gemini is the twins. It is communication. It's immutable. And so it's all about connecting, communicating, sharing the news, getting the message. And so I felt so called that I went on Instagram and I said, what do you want to hear about? What do you want to know about? And Heidi wrote me and said, I would like to know. I would like for you to speak on what's it like to be a baby bruja in your 40s. And how can we release fear? And so, Heidi, thank you for the inspiration. So welcome to an episode that I am sharing from my heart, the mi corazón al suyo. And we're going to talk about coming into our spirituality, coming into awareness, reclaiming our spiritual lineages, right? Even though we're scared, aunque tengamos miedo, even if we're a little afraid. Now, I want to define what brujería is. Even this, the word bruja scares the crap out of people. We already know that. That's one of the reasons that I was the urban priestess for many, many years. And when I called myself the urban priestess, let me tell you, I went to speak to top PR people in New York City. I spoke with top coaches and they were like, don't do it. Don't call yourself the sacerdotisa urbana, the urban priestess. You'll never make it. You'll never do it. Healers do not make money. There is a belief that healers do not make money. Now, healers do make money. But healers have to either connect to their inner entrepreneur, put in the work, put in the time to actually make money. Otherwise, it's like fly by night. You get a client here, you get a client there. But when you actually dedicate yourself to building your business, you can absolutely support yourself. I am one of those examples. Um, I've been a healer and an intuitive and a psychic since I'm 16. 
and really didn't come out full, full time. I was working part time. First, I was just giving it away as a lifestyle. Then I was actually charging, but it was still part time. And then I actually went full time when the universe and Universo Espiritu was like, girl, it's time for you to go full time. And so we come to our brujitanes at different times of our lives. As I was saying, the word bruja scares people. There have even been people who've been like, you're so sweet or you're pretty or you're nice or you're cute or you're kind. Why are you calling yourself a bruja? Well, I decided to reclaim it porque I grew up in a Catholic-based home, South American home, Argentinian, and I have ancestor connections to Peru to indigenous practices through my grandmother, mi abuelita. And so I grew up in the South American home that believed in sueños. We did limpias. It was not something that we just believed in. It was like our first line of protection. If some shit was going down, my mom was doing the limpia, was doing this, was cleansing the house, was going to get a reading, was giving herself a reading. That was not like something far away that she believed in. It is something that we were living. We talked about reincarnation, my mom and dad supported me to read, start reading adults at 16 for free, just for our community, nuestra comunidad. And so I've been called mi brujita, pequeña brujita, que linda brujita from my mom as a kid. And so when you think of the word brujería, right, it's a Spanish term that translates to witchcraft or sorcery, right? Brujería, sorcery in English. And it really refers in general to a set of mystical practices, folkloric, folk-based practices associated with nature, associated with spells, with candle work, with working with the elements in nature, specifically tied into Latin America and the Caribbean cultures. Now, brujería encompasses a wide range of beliefs, okay? A wide range of practices that involve sometimes the use of magic and spells, herbs, rituals for healing, divination, protection. And for some people, and that's why it causes a lot of fear when people hear bruja, is that a bruja can cause harm. I am my long journey, because remember, I've known brujas and readers and people since I'm a kid, have met some that cause harm. No good comes to people who are doing that. And for the most part, most of the brujas that I've known or people who practice brujería or connected to that. And by the way, sometimes people who practice brujería don't call it that, right? They call it sacerdotisa. They call it a priest of something. They call it just catolicismo a nuestra manera, which means Catholicism in our own way, right? Because when the colonizers came in and enforced one of the three main religions, right? Especially we're talking about Christianity and Islam, I don't think Judaism was really quite enforced with the same vigor or the same energy. When those practices were enforced on us, well, we already had land practices, right? Teníamos prácticas basadas en la tierra, right? Practices based on the earth, practices based on location. A lot of brujería is based on location, right? A lot of indigenous practices are based on what are the animals in the area? What are the practices that people are using to heal, to protect themselves? And so we, there we were, and when I say there we were, I'm talking about indigenous people, I'm talking about Spaniards, I'm talking about Europeans, French, Italian, I'm talking about Africans, I'm talking about Asian, Middle Eastern. There we were in our indigenous um, community practicing something other than 
the three main religions, whatever it may have been, the red string around the wrist to keep envy away or practica de mal de ojo to cleanse, right? El malocchio in, in Italy, right? And um, eh, el mal de ojo or the evil eye. We did all these practices to protect newborns, to protect ourselves, the crops. And here comes big bad religion or big quote unquote good religion, smacks us down, tells us we're of the devil and now calls it brujeria. And so there's tons and tons of people who are practicing brujeria, which is really a combination of the indigenous practices with a layer of Catholicism, right? And so your brujeria is not going to look like mine, which is not going to look like somebody else's. Honestly, when somebody does me harm, I do not run to do a spell or anything like that. I fortify myself, I do protection work, and I keep it moving, right? My brujeria is just part of the way that I live and breathe, to leave everything better than when I found it, to absolutely do protection work for myself and my family, to absolutely create um, practicas, baños, baths, practices, healings, and clearings where I can support myself and my family, right? Um, and where I can help my business grow. And so, or even help clients. Um, there was a particular case where somebody thought they were going to lose in court um, because the person was very well off in a doctor and she was cast in a very negative light. And so we did, you know, some trabajo, some work to get it to be in her favor. And she was the person really that raised the child and it came out in her favor. Now, brujeria is not a be all end all um, because people have free will and we should honor that. And we have to have... Um, you know, ethical practices. And we should also understand that there is a creator force energy, whatever we want to call it, Espiritu, Dios, La Virgen Maria, whatever name we want to give it. And we also have soul contracts that are creating sometimes difficulties in our lives so we can grow. We, the soul that is eternal can grow in the particular body that it's in, in the particular existence that we incarnated in and meet these challenges, right? Like I'm a brujita, but there was nothing that I could have done when spirit told me in October of 2019 that my worst nightmare was going to come true and my dad, mom, and brother would leave the earth, right? There was just nothing. I said, is there anything I could do? They were like, no, there isn't. All you could do is fortify yourself. All you could do is be prepared on some level in some way, right, to understand this. And so while I did protection work, I did healing, and when they crossed over, I wanted to be there for them. It did hurt me that even my intuitive knowing, even my powers of healing, et cetera, couldn't change the path that these three souls that are my family members are on. And we have to respect that while we have power as healers and brujas and readers and knowers of secrets, no, los que conocen los secretos, um, we have to know too that there's also karma functioning, there's also path of life, el camino de vida, and that our souls know way more than we do, even if we're incredibly powerful psychic mediums, right? And so brujeria can also vary significantly, right? I was saying it's different for everyone from region to region, right? And for the most part, it doesn't just include elements of Catholicism and indigenous traditions. It can also, and definitely does, include elements of African spirituality, right? And other elements. When I was growing up, and we were mainly Catholic, my mom um, was already practicing espiritismo techniques, right? But she wasn't, of course, there was no social media back there, but she wasn't like showing everybody her altar with the santos, right? But there I was, I saw it. And I've had my own ancestral altar now 
since I moved out at 21, right? I left for college at 18 and it's been here. It's right here across from where I'm recording. And so this is something I tend to every Monday. I clear out the water every, you know, I put on food. I offer candies. I commune with the spirits of my ancestors who've crossed over. And so before there was ever social media, before I became a hot ticket and a hot thing, there were tons and tons of people already practicing this. Sometimes people who didn't even know to call it brujeria, they just called it, as I said earlier, Catholicismo a mi manera, right? Catholicism my way. So practitioners of brujeria often referred to as brujas or brujos. And again, I'm not sitting there doing candle work to harm anyone or anybody who's attacked me. If I'm doing candle work at all, which I do do and have done, like I used to light a candle every night of the year, okay? Every night of the year. Um, I stopped doing it for many reasons. My partner has some uh, lung stuff and I also now have allergies living in Pennsylvania. But brujeria is much more than candle work or trying to bend the will of reality or other people's will. And so if you're starting, whether it's that you're in your 40s or 30s or 20s, know that if it's happening for you now and it's coming up for you now, it's probably because somewhere along the line, some of your ancestors practiced either African spirituality, indigenous traditions, right? Tradiciones indígenas, and mixed their Catholicism or maybe their Islam or something else with these practices. And so it's in your lineage. It's our ancestral lineage. Now, I know a lot of people who think it's very cute and cool to call themselves brujitas, and that's all fine and dandy. I am not the gatekeeper of who is a bruja, who isn't, right? But to me, to actually call yourself that goes way beyond a cute meme, a funny topic of conversation. It is my way of life. And in the memes, you know, we make fun of it. We're like, oh, be careful. I'm a bruja. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to turn my husband into a toad. All this stuff. But the truth is that being a bruja is not only an ancestral thing that we inherit. It's something we can reclaim and awaken to. It's also something that requires time, meaning time with ourselves to get to know our inner intuition, time with ourselves to figure out what we really feel about what we're doing, time with ourselves to understand, to heal the patterns that may have left our family to turn away from indigenous practices and to be really terrified of what it means to be a bruja and to have handed over their power due to oppression and racism and colonization Right? And out and out being arrested, tortured, and killed. We have to remember that that's what was happening. And now, in some spaces, we're finally breathing easy and people are coming back. And so, for Heidi and many others who may be awakening and going, wow, I'm finally reclaiming my brujita, there may be a mourning time. There may be a time where you mourn for the loss of everything you could have known or done, or the loss of your ancestors who could have been practicing this all along openly and outwardly. And so sometimes when we're reclaiming our brujanes or being a brujita or a brujo, we literally go through some grief. As I said, I grew up in it, and so I never reclaimed it. It was always with me. I was doing limpias as a kid, readings as, as a 16-year-old, and doing energy healings in my 20s. Now, was I out about it? Was I telling everybody? No, but everybody knew that I knew shit and everybody knew that I could read them, right? And I knew I started learning astrology 
as a kid with Walter Mercado. And then at 19, I was already reading charts. But most of the major big decisions that I've ever made in my life, including not marrying certain people that I was madly in love with, like fully, my spirit guys were like, uh-uh, you'll be divorced in five years. Now, divorce is not bad within itself. Each and every one of us has our own journey. But my guides were like, you want to be married one time. So um, no, do not marry this person that you love. And you're still not who you need to be in order to bring in your person. So being a bruja who never reclaimed but always was also means that like you didn't get a pass to go get drunk and be young and be free and do whatever stupidities we do when we're young. And it gave me a clarity to who I should hang out with, who should I shouldn't be friends with and who I shouldn't marry even if I was madly in love. And so I'm giving you that perspective for folks who are like, oh, damn, I'm not, I'm only reclaiming my brujaness at 40, my, my brujo, my inner bruja, my inner bruja. For someone who's always been one, who didn't reclaim it, who's always been one since I was a kid, um, I've had to walk a tight line. My guides and my ancestors don't freaking play. And they've literally been like, blah, blah, blah. This is what you want, but you're not going to get that. This is what's happening. And I'm like, she, and they're like, yeah, girl, you got to live to that. And so not to portray it as a really horrible path, but it is a path that has accountability. We can't sit there and throw negative energy to people or be pissed off or try to get revenge or do those things. I mean, you can do it. I don't do it, right? Because it will bounce back to you in some lifetime, right? And so for me, it's like, do not harm people and do what I want. When I left my job, trust me, people were not happy. I was laid off. And then I built a business online. I have laid and hung my butt out to dry over a cliff without wings. At least I didn't think there were wings. Many a time in my life, only to find out that I had really powerful, huge ass wings. Right? But we have to be prepared to take those big risks by already having solid spiritual practices by having a very grounded connection con los ancestros, with the ancestors, and to know who we are. Most of the big risks that I took where I was basically homeless or had to start a business with no money and had a $2,000 rent and all these things that happened to me uh, or crawling out of a car, car accident, being told you got to go full time. I was already someone who had been reading for decades. And so know that while... It could be beautiful to be a bruja that always was. There's a lot of beauty and expansion in being a reclaiming bruja, a brujita or a brujo who's realizing now, wow, this was always here. And how do I do this? And by the time we're in our 40s, a lot of people already had marriages. They already went through school, probably have their careers, and also may have gone through divorces and may have their children already, right? And so I would say for anybody who's coming into their brujanes in their 40s, it's a perfect time. Because you got to F around. You got to not listen to that higher self that kicked my butt, right? You got to, yes, make mistakes just like I did, but you got to do it in a way that now made you the adult that is prepared to step into this path with accountability, as I said before, with some sort of education or career, and with some start of knowing what works and what doesn't. By the time you hit 40, there's some sort of understanding of what has worked for your life, right? We would hope, and what has not worked. Entonces, in my opinion, in my opinion, stepping into your brujanes at your 40s is really badass. Because again, 
nobody was telling you not to marry somebody, not to have that baby, because you're going to have to do it single. We already did it. We already walked the path. And now you're here having created your kingdom. And spirit's like, hey, no te olvides. You're a bruja. You're a brujo. And you're like, oh, cool. Another adventure. And so I invite you, if you're reclaiming your brujones or your brujanes in your 20s, 30s, 40s, don't mourn too much for what you didn't have. And allow yourself to really be open to, one, what was always there, your intuition, your inner knowing, maybe some deep faith. And to start to reclaim and uncover what ancestors were hiding, right? And if there's some older ancestor around to ask them questions, maybe they know something. So when we're transitioning into some new spiritual practice or witchcraft practice or brujeria practice, <clears throat> there are definitely some challenges, right? So I invite you to have self-acceptance and patience, right? Because it is never too late to explore your spirituality, to explore brujeria, to uncover truths about your family lineage, to uncover truths about yourself. And most often when we're 40 years old, y descubrimos, like, oh my God, I'm a bruja, I'm a brujo. You're going to see how spirit was walking beside you the whole time anyway. Even if they weren't kicking your booty about who you should marry or not, they were still walking with you. Spirit was with you. It's not like we find our ancestors or we find spirit. It's always been there with us. And at the right time, in the right place, in divine timing, we're like, aha, this is what's going on. And so please, I invite all of you who are discovering this later in life to be patient with yourself as you learn and grow in your practice. We can all have the ability to be very powerful and to connect to nature, to connect the, to the dead through mediumship, and it still requires some practice. We may know that we need a baño and we may not do them. And so as we become a really um, gifted practice bruja and brujo, we start to realize when something's up and then we act on it, right? We don't just sit there and go, oh, I don't feel good. We're like, okay, let's go. Let's get the herb out. Vamos a preparar el baño. Let's get the agua florida. Let's move our butt and let's handle it. A lot of brujos are very much can-do people. They're doers. They're not just dreamers. Another suggestion that I have if you're coming to um, brujería, witchcraft later on in life, is to define your path. Now, there's no rush, right? You can craft your own unique path that aligns with your own beliefs and interests, or you can start exploring the type of brujería, the type of witchcraft that attracts you. For some, it might be santería, right? For some, it may be Mexican witchcraft. For some people, it may be Wicca, eclectic witchcraft. For some of you, you'd be like, like me, right? I'm like, okay, so my ancestors are indigenous, West African, and European, a whole bunch of Europeans, right? Over the last three, four decades of my life, I've literally studied, right, Spanish. I am a Spanish, a Latino witch, right? But I've studied that, which came down through me through curanderismo, espiritismo. And then I went and studied with beautiful Paco teachers in Peru, right, for the last two years and kind of healed that part of me and brought those practices into my practice. I was already sitting in sweat lodge for 18 years in the Lakota practice, though I'm not Native American from the North, like North American. But hello, everyone. Toda persona que sea parte indígena, every person was part indigenous. Our people came across the Bering Straits and then came in through North America, right? And then kept going down and down and down. So if you do really, really in-depth DNA, 
you're going to find that you're a tiny part um, North American indigenous, if you have indigenous DNA and ancestors, and then it might be Mexico, and then it might go down, right? And so if something is calling you to study voodoo, to study uh, hexcraft, to study, um, I think it's powwow magic in Pennsylvania, which is more German, or brujeria mexicana, go towards it. Allow yourself a time of exploration. You do not have to uh, pressure yourself. I initiated into Wicca when I was 22, already being a bruja, and then left the coven I was in because I was like, this is not my path. Like, this is not my thing. You know what I mean? And so it's okay to explore and it's okay to try on beliefs and practices to see if they truly work with you. So give yourself that grace. It's also okay to seek guidance, right, in your continued learning. Read the books, join online forums and groups, enroll in courses to expand your knowledge, right? Connect with experiences, experienced brujas for guidance and mentorship, and allow yourself to trust your inner knowing as to whom is going to be the person or the people that you're going to vibe with. Not every witch is meant to be your teacher. Not every witch is meant to be your mentor. mentor. No, cada bruja diferente. One of the core things that I would also invite you into is to embrace ritual and meditation, to look and start studying the phases of the moon, to incorporate rituals, meditation in your daily practice or weekly routine, and create a sacred space, even if it's the corner of your desk, to just commune with nature, right? To have a space that means something to you. It could be just a stone, it could be a feather, but something that grounds you in the interconnectedness of your own soul, with your ancestor spirit, with the moon, with the earth, with Father Sky, Mother, Mother Earth, los elementos, fuego, aire, right? Water, espíritu, right? And, and tierra. And you start to connect in a deeper way through your own ritual and meditation. Of course, do research, right? Just look into different spells, divination tools. Keep a magical journal if you want, where you record your insights, your intuitions, your knowing. And at the heart of all of it, because a bruja is connected to nature, spend time in nature to connect with its energies and draw inspiration from the natural world. Some people practice very eco-friendly brujeria and respect and protect the environment, right? And so all of this is leading to bringing down your fear because you're like, I'm exploring. I'm going to give myself permission. Balance your life. It's important for you to integrate your brujeria practice into your daily life and maintain healthy balance with work and family responsibilities. If we get too obsessed with something, you know, it's going to create an, um, an imbalance. And so we want to prioritize having a balance. Build community. Gather with community. There's tons and tons of circles online and in person right now, whether they're pagan or Mexico. Uh, Brujeria Mexicana or Santeria or Espiritismo, right? Witchcraft communities are on board, online, everywhere. And share experiences, share knowledge, exchange support. And remember to prioritize your self-care. Spiritual growth can be mentally and emotionally taxing, right? Really practice those basics, which are grounding exercise, energy protection, clearing on a daily basis, when we are awakening to our spiritual powers, we pick up a lot. Empezamos a, a leer la gente, empezamos a conectarnos con energía. It's really important for us to protect our energy. And what I would say too is to embrace your age and wisdom. 
anybody who's coming into being a bruja or a brujo and, you know, in your later years, recognize that your life experiences and wisdom enrich your magical practice. It doesn't like minimize it. Are you kidding me? Especially when we're talking about phases of the phases of the goddess. We have the maiden, the mother, the crone, but there's also like 13 different um like titles of of the of the woman and the goddess. And for men, connecting to the inner god or connecting to that powerful wizard energy. El brujo magico, right? The magician the energy of magician, you can look at your own lives and go, wow, even though I wasn't out of the closet as a bruja or a brujo, I surely survived many things. I was very creative and resilient in my life. And so it's important to embrace your age, to embrace your wisdom and know that it doesn't minimize you. Coming into being a bruja in 40, like I said before, is actually amazing because you've already had a long, you've already had a full life. You know what I mean? Of course you have more to live. It's important to respect diversity. When we step into reclaiming our inner bruja, inner brujo, there's no one way that's right, right? Even in the same country, we could say the name of the god or goddess or deity could be completely different. So we want to be respectable, respectable. That's a new word. We want to be respectable, people. We want to be respectful. We want to be ethical. And we want to be able to celebrate and respect the diversity that is so rich in brujeria, right? It's like we come from different races, we come from different countries, and we are, especially Latinos, if we're practicing brujeria, my God, we come in blue eyes and blonde hair, red eye, green eyes and red hair. We come in um, all shades of brown and black. We come in all shades of beige and red and, and pinks and browns. We come from all over the earth. It's important to celebrate the diversity within and without. What that means is the diversity around you and the diversity within you. Above all, so important to trust your own intuition. Now, here is where, you know, how do you release fear? When you start really communing with your own intuition and inner guidance, and you start tracking your decision-making, and you start saying, oh, okay, um, when this card comes up and this happens, if you use cards, it came true. That's how my guides guided me to track my intuition at a young age. And I would write it out. And then a month later, it would come true. And I'd be like, okay, now I know what truth feels like in my body. Now I, now I know what feels right and how I can really trust my intuition to guide me. So it's very important for us to start tracking our intuition, start understanding, right? Because there's clear cognizance where we know right? It's clear knowing, clairvoyance, or we have clear sight, clear um, co clear cognizance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, where we hear clearly, clairsentience, when we, when we sense or feel, and being an empath. There's so many different types of intuition. By the way, I have a course. It's an eight-week course on this, on this Reclaiming Our Intuitive Abilities, and it's called Nasimos Magicas. It will be coming out later in the year. So that's something that you can definitely also sign up for if you are reclaiming it. Now, it's important, as I said earlier, to act with integrity. Consider the consequences of our action. Being a bruja is not, yo, this woman just left with me. I'm just going to light a fire under her butt. It's really much more than that. I know there's funny memes and it brings, you know, a lot of humor. Pero ser bruja is really about knowing our own power and choosing wisely and discerning when, where, and how to use it, right? We're here to be in balance and communion with nature 
And if we go and do harm, well, are we not inviting harm in? And these are some thoughts. It's important to celebrate the milestones. You know, one of the things that I love about being a bruja is celebrating the seasons, the moon phases, la luna nueva, la luna llena. Me encanta celebrar el otoño, the fall, the winter, and it reflects her inner journey. Because as brujas, as brujos, we are not only connected to community and serving community, we're also in communion with the elements that are part of our environmental community. And so um, creating rituals, right, that reflect where you're at or discovering rituals. And above all, enjoying the journey, right? The path of a bruja and brujo is a lifelong journey. It's filled with learning, self-discovery, to just embrace the joy of discovering, right? And coming into brujería at the age of 40 and on allows you to be a mature adult who's already seen and done so much. And now life has brought you this awareness and this truth. Now, in terms of fear, what I would say is that when I've talked about colonization, oppression, when we have fear, it's because some part of us is still programmed to believe that there's a devil out there, that we're going to pay the price, that we're doing all those things. And really, it's up to you to dismantle that, right? And you're not alone. I'm here. I can support. Um, but to just go into your own heart. I had to come to this because, you know, I was also raised Catholic, right? And so I know the feedback I got, not from my family, but outside my family, And there was many a night in my youthful days, 17, 18, 19, 20, where I would be like, pero Dios mío, you gave me the ability to channel messages from the dead that I can do consistently. I pull things out of people's body. I have these abilities. And when I communed and dialogued with the divine, right, with spirit, with angels, with God, what I would receive is that we all have these gifts, that we all have ancestral gifts, past life gifts, And that everybody has a different life purpose. And that for me, I was here to live out what a lot of times I was stopped. Like I was stopped in doing it in other lifetimes. Like being a healer that did this work full time throughout their lives. And that's why that I would have a lot of talents and gifts. That's why I'm an astrologer. I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm a medicina. I'm a numerologer. I mean, I'm, I have so many certifications and trainings and actually um, above average skills in many things but it came from many lifetimes, right? And also practicing them in this life. So for each and every one of you listening, you also have skills. You also have skills of resilience, of networking, of solving problems, of raising children, of creating food, making food. These are all also magical skills. We tend to look at like the tarot reading or the talking to the dead as like magical skills, but making food that heals filled with love is magical you know, sewing clothes and making clothes that people love when they put them on their body is also magical. And so I invite you, if there's fear in your heart, to expand your knowing of and your definition of que magia, what is magical. Each and every one of us was born magical. Each and every one of us has a connection to nature, to spirit, to our souls. And to me, all the religions are man-made. That doesn't mean that Jesus didn't walk the earth. I'm all about Jesus too and la Virgen. Um, it doesn't mean that all these amazing saints didn't live and um, Buddha and so many other amazing, you know, beautiful light-filled beings. 
but that the stories were told through humans for, for an energy of lack, tenían miedo, that were an energy of fear. And we have to remember people, our history, the Spanish Inquisition. If you're a Latino, there's a part of you that's a little bit Spaniard, no matter where you're from, no matter what race you are. We have Spanish blood somewhere along the line. The colonization, or they wound up leaving and going into another part of the world. And that as early as the 12th and 1300s, there was already an inquisition of witches and Jewish people, right? Those practicing, those who were practicing Judaism in Hispania. And so since the 1200s, 1300s, there's this inquisition killing people, forcing people to convert, to become conversos or to completely, right? And I believe that part of my family, um, there's some evidence of a name change. Um, one of the piece, one of the parts of my family, my mother's side of the family, was called Dubini, came from Italy, but we found evidence that they didn't actually originate there. They were coming from Eastern European country, and their real name was Dubinsky. So I have no doubt that some, and I am tiny bit Ashkenazi, very little, it's very small, Ashkenazi Jewish. At some point in time, back then, the 12 and 1300s, our Spanish ancestors were already getting tortured or taken into jail for their beliefs or being singled out for being different in some way. And from all of these centuries, we're talking like over 700 centuries. Most people think that it just happened with enslavement, right? And with the annihilation of the indigenous civilizations, right? Or not the annihilation because no, we were not annihilated, right? Our ancestors continued and that's why we're standing here. But the colonization, right? the colonization, the overtaking, the cultural appropriation, and the enslavement of the indigenous peoples in South America, the enslavement of African peoples. Our beliefs were left behind. They were tortured, beaten, and jailed out of us. And that's why there's fear. And so for each and every one of you who really wants to reclaim being a bruja, being a brujo, and you're having extreme fear in your body, I'm actually getting this right now. I'm actually going to create a one-day workshop to release fear about this. I just brought this up right now. It just came to me. And I'll share that later. Um, maybe I'll share it in this um, episode, maybe later. But just know that this is like over 700 years. And that's not even counting our past lives, right? We're just talking about ancestral lineage. Our ancestral lineage, it comes from so many places, a lot of us, have witnessed family members being taken away. We have been threatened And the way that we coped was instead of seeing the colonizers and the people that tortured us as the devil, we started to fear another entity that they created, right? And that made us, you know, weaker, more vulnerable, more able to be controlled, and more able to be um, used in their means so they can rule because we're so afraid of our own power And it's, it's shrouded in el diablo y la negatividad y lo malo that we, for, we, we stopped doing astrology and we stopped talking to spirits and we stopped doing ancestral worship. We stopped dancing for rain in some places. We stopped making offerings, you know, for the sun to shine or for the harvest to grow. We stopped making offerings or healing ourselves with herbs because we were afraid. But bit by bit throughout the hundreds of years that have gone before us, 
estamos despertando, right? And I really, I just don't even understand on the side of my mom's side of the family, the part that is more European, that totally kept their spiritual conversation. And I was like, you know, but he was hidden and nobody talked about it outside of the family. And my dad's side of the family that is more mixed, um, indigenous, some West African, European, Catalan, Basque, um, that there were also curiosities and beliefs. And so just know that our ancestors had their curiosities and their beliefs, depending on the type of religious instruction and religious oppression that they suffered, this is how we're impacted. And so I invite any of you, especially los Latinos of color who whose family has suffered very immediately um, the, I was going to say the devilification, but that's not even a word. Um, the creating, making it diabolico, right? Making your, our practices diabolicas, whether they're African practices or whether they're indigenous practices or even European indigenous practices. We have to reclaim bit by bit our power by saying, right? It is now safe for me to be seen. I break free from this colonization. My family lineage has always communed with spirit and communed with the elements and Mother Earth and Father Sky, and I'm reclaiming this power within me. Me abro a los poderes de los elementos. I believe in creator, and I walk with Jesus, and I also reclaim my powerful intuition. My powerful spirit intuition serves my community. My being a bruja and a brujo serves and elevates my family and my community so we can remember who we are and move into greater joy and greater thriving rather than the colonizer's survival. Entonces, hay que acordar que el miedo que tenemos, which could be very much in our bodies, it could be in our bodies, it could be in our minds, that it's important for us to really study some of this history to understand and you know i've been called to like brujeria like actual like the word witchcraft from a young age and i went to the library you know this is like 40 years ago and there wasn't that much but i did find information and over time i saw how the burning times in europe the burning time you know first we started with the spanish inquisition all right <clears throat> in the 1200s 1300s <clears throat> then in the 14 to 1700s throughout europe They're taking people when they want their land. They are killing people. They're enslaving people. Um, they're doing so much across the board worldwide to stamp out. You look at the story of the Irish people, right? When you hear of St. Patrick stamping out the snakes, the snakes were never a negative animal before Christianity. They were an animal of power. The snakes represent the, the sacerdotisas, the priestesses. So when St. Patrick came into Ireland, he did throw out the priestesses, right? Matriarchal, matriarchal and matrilineal power. And so a lot of this also became, right? So back in the day when we were more in our indigenous practices, wherever we may come from, people married who they married, had a lot of sex, etc. It wasn't that important to know who the father of a baby was because people were all raising, it takes a village, you know that saying? That's what it was. The village raised the baby. But when we start talking about land ownership, land ownership, when we start talking about building on the lands and who owns what, and then wealth, right? Ex the expansion of wealth and private wealth. People now want to know who their kids are because they're going to pass down their land and their goods to those kids. 
now marriage is created. And when marriage is created, now women's sexuality starts to be controlled. And so while men also have suffered um, through this oppression, woman was really targeted to leave behind the idea of a goddess, to leave behind the idea of Mother Earth, La Madre de la Tierra, to leave behind the idea of Pachamama, to leave behind the understanding and the knowing in our bodies of a feminine force, a divine force. Yes, we were given some force of divine femininity through La Virgen Maria, but the truth is a lot of the goddesses, the Orishas, right, the powers of nature, the forces of nature and African um, diasporas all over the world and coming in from Africa, coming out from Africa, we have goddesses, you have loas, you have spirits that are beneficial and come down from generation to generation guarding that particular family. The same in Italian indigenous, the same in Spanish back in the day, day Irish, um, Middle Eastern, right? They still do. I remember, forget the name of it, but when I was in Egypt, people were telling me how there was an exorcism. I think it's a Zaz or a Zar. A Zar? I don't remember. It starts with a Z and I don't really know, but they dance and dance and dance till the spirit leaves. And so to know that there are energetic practices that have been practiced all over the world. But when, you know, greed came in, when patriarchy came in, when systematic inequality and systematic racism, and where some people were deemed lesser than or deemed powerful and enslaved or oppressed in order for them not to fight back, like people of color, like women, um, the whole system went pata para arriba, right? The, it's like it went on its back. It really isn't supposed to be this way. From a very young age, I knew that if each of us could heal ourselves, that we could heal our families and we could live in sacred community, comunidad sagrada, that the earth would change because we would know that there was enough for all of us. And so I hope that this little quick little trip through history or her story, as they say, um, has supported you all. I've taught a lot about this privately in the past, recently not as much, but I will create a healing session for this. And I just want you all to know each and every human here on this planet, I don't care how Catholic, how Christian, how religious you are, at some point, had a abuela or abuelo, a great, 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 grandmother, grandfather who prayed to the moon or prayed to the to the earth for a good harvest, or went and picked up some herbs from a garden to soothe somebody's belly. That's just what we did. We did not have hospitals. We did not have doctors all around us. You know, and that's another thing too. Healers started to get vilified and demonized um, because doctors didn't want them to take their place. And then Europe created these laws. Remember when greed comes in, right? Created these laws that said that if you did not go to college, to schooling for medical schooling, that you could not uh, practice midwifery, being a midwife, helping babies come into the world. Meanwhile, the people that knew the most, las mujeres que sabían lo máximo, eran las mujeres that their great-grandmothers had been teaching them all of this throughout their time since they're little kids. And then, of course, women women and people of color were not allowed in university. So who, was, who were the doctors? It was white men. And so we have to know that some of these fears our trauma, it's ancestral trauma of the oppression that's happened. So I'm going to close off because I could talk about this all day. Por favor, let me know if this served. And again, even growing up in the way that I did, there came a moment where I was real scared. I'm like, oh my God, when I die, is there going to be like a little devil there or a big ass devil waiting for me? 
And what I've realized in this life is everything that I've ever done is really to support my people, my community, the world, and that I never use my gift to manipulate or get ahead in any way. If I did trust me, I'd be a multimillionaire by now or something like that. Um, because I can read people. I know information, but I don't use it. I don't sell it. I don't try to harm anyone with any of the wisdom. And that's a mark of spiritual maturity. And that is something that is easier to attain coming to being a bruja or a brujo in our 40s. And so sending you all so much love. Tanto amor para todos. Please share this episode and let me know um, how it landed with you. Mucho amor. Heidi, I hope you liked it. Bye.